0: The Ohema Health and Wellness Podcast is a place created for people to share their experiences and lives that can include triggering and sensitive topics, such as different types of abuse, such as racism, sexism, substance abuse, classism, etc. cetera.
1: The content in the podcast and on our webpage are not intended to constitute or be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your therapist or other qualified mental health professionals with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice
0: or delay seeking it because of something you have heard on the podcast or on our website. We aim to create a safe and brave space that prides itself in the inclusivity of Black Indigenous women of color. Thank you for your time and continued participation and support. Now let's get into the show. for today's episode is Khalif K. Starks. K works in sexual health education. She has her own podcast called The Perfect Blend Podcast and our YouTube channel is called K-Day. She received her Bachelor of Arts in Gender Studies and a minor in LGBTQ Studies from UCLA. Welcome K, uh, K and thank you for joining us today. Thank Yay. you so much for Got
2: having us. Me. I'm so
3: excited.
0: How are you, K? I'm
2: doing good. I'm doing good. I'm a little... Nervous, but oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are both
1: of you doing? I'm I'm okay. You know, I've been feeling really tired lately, but but you know, I'm okay. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say the same. Yeah, I'm just mm. you know really busy but tired, but I've been good. It's yeah,
1: good. yeah, it's a, it's exciting. This is like a UCLA reunion, low key, <laughs> a little baby UCLA is. reunion right now. <laughs>
2: You know, it's so beautiful, though, because they, what is the saying? I think Issa Rae said this, you know, it's not about working, working or networking with people like higher than you. It's about, you Mm. know, teaming up with people, you know, next to you and around. Like your, yeah, your people. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I'm excited.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into it. So, Kay, do you, why don't you tell us what your health and wellness journey looks like right now? Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Right now, my health and wellness journey is, um, I would
3: honestly say about boundaries. I think boundaries is like one of the most important things
2: that um, in my late 20s where I'm starting to finally not be as needy of people, you know, Mm. I'm starting to um, create my own boundaries and not be the friend who was always available to people Mm -hmm. And, and really learning how to be more available to myself.
1: And, oh yeah. Um
2: and through that, that means having my own boundaries and implementing that and not always being accessible.
1: Mm. Yeah. So I think and- that's like
2: a repetitive thread, a repetitive theme that I'm going through. Sorry. To mm.
1: yeah. Oh no, that's fine. Yeah. So basically setting creating new boundaries and like upholding them. Is that like what you mean?
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at. But but also like not feeling guilty because of it right
1: because I, yeah, I feel I
2: feel yeah. like I'm always respectful of others boundaries but not my own boundaries mm-hmm. right oh, so yeah. yeah when other people need me I'm always super available and I'm always the fun friend I'm always the one pouring all this energy into everyone you know and it's very unhealthy but I didn't realize that until recently I was like god damn you go disappear in a forest somewhere <laughs> oh, no,
1: I feel you that's like very relatable because I feel like when we are people that love to show up for like our loved ones and our friends and stuff and we are just like so willing to give 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 and we're like expecting them to do the same exact thing that we're doing and then it does lead to like feeling like upset and like resentful so I totally feel you like I feel like I'm continuously learning how to set boundaries and like uphold boundaries and and show up for myself, like you said, so I love that, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's just, that's where I'm at these days, and I feel like it's something that's, it's been really showing itself in my, my, uh, my work life, (laughs) Mm, it it really has, um, that, that has just been a challenge, you know, but also my, in my direct personal life, I think that, the mistake that I made is that lines got really blurred, right? So I think mm, in today's okay. age of, of all of us having so much access to each other, right. I'm yes. trying to find the balance of like, I, I need my own private life. I need that. Yes. And, you know, you're not always going to be a part of that. I need, I need something for myself. You get what I'm saying? Right. So, and then me having my own podcast and having my own YouTube channel, just all yes. these different things where I love interacting with people, but I'm also like, you know but I also like my privacy privacy as well I like to be a hermit
1: sometimes too and yeah you you gotta recharge recharge and
0: rejuvenate Mm -hmm. yes um and I actually do have a question about boundaries and specifically how you're doing that so how are you how are you you know setting those boundaries with loved ones with people um and how is that helpful for you
2: um saying no I mm. think that's that's mm. also really hard mm-hmm. you know, because that's so, mm-hmm. when, yes. when you love <laughs> people and people love you and people want your time and energy you can't always have mm-hmm. that you know and yeah so saying no it's so hard to do actually it's not easy like it's not mm-hmm. something where because I you know I think I have a little bit of a people pleaser in me you know I, I mm. have a trait of like oh I want to be liked. I want to be accepted you know mm-hmm. that's something that's there in me too um so saying no was one of the ways what else telling people what my boundaries are so like for example Mm. if I feel like something is being crossed saying Mm. what it is and then not feeling guilty when I say it because I notice that even when I say it to someone I care about I feel guilty after and then I'll start to get a little like shamed a little bit and then and then Mm. I find myself I find myself negotiating my boundary
0: Mm. just to still just
2: to still be liked it's such a it's such a can I say F on here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 It's it's, it's a mindfuck for a person who like, for me, I don't have a lot of family support. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of like parental energy around me. You get what I'm saying? So things like that, right. And, and being a young adult, a young woman out here who didn't have all those things. You see what I'm saying? Um, you know, you find yourself sort of bartering all the time with people oh,
1: okay yeah yeah so
2: just saying no and like figuring out how to like say what my boundary is and feeling comfortable with that after and then doing positive self-talk after because you know mm-hmm. literally I'll, yeah, I'll have, a, have a moment it. where I'm like oh this is my boundary and then the person is like that's not a boundary for me and I'm like you know what you know, maybe I could negotiate there, maybe I could lighten up. Aww. You know, and then I go home and I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? I don't want to see the whole like <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's a mess. <laughs> but... <laughs> Sorry for saying the o, the H O word. No, you, that's you okay. My, <laughs> that's my okay. drift. <laughs> yeah,
3: but, yeah. But
2: but why did I do that when I know I didn't really feel comfortable? You know, I know right. that I I know that I wanted my my mondays to myself where i knew that i wanted my friday night to myself does that yeah. make sense yeah. but then yeah. I'm, I'm over here at a bar and i really don't want to be here but that person doesn't right. care they don't know they just want to be around me but i'm like i didn't want to be here tonight so why the fuck am i here you know what i'm saying yeah. stuff like that where you know once i say no i have to tell myself
3: it's okay to say no you don't think i would hurt yeah
2: size.
1: so so i love that you were saying that you're learning how to like name what your boundaries are because i do feel like it's like really a, a process just kind of figuring out like what are my boundaries and sometimes they're different with with different people and that's okay you know like yeah. sometimes you got you have different boundaries for different people but when people don't accept a boundary or they try to push against it i feel like that's really it's like something within them like they're taking that in a personal way when it's mm. really right for you to, to protect your peace and, and, and for yourself. But I've noticed that people often personalize it and maybe it's cause they don't know how to set boundaries mm. or maybe they just want, they just want endless access to you. Shit. I don't know, but yeah. um, it could be many things. So I'm really proud of you because I feel like we've definitely had conversations about you and you were like really processing boundaries and everything. Mm. So yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank yeah. you. I, I know
2: I've called you off air a few times, like, girl.
1: Uh, off air. That's <laughs> so cute. I love that.
3: You know, off air. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> but no, it's, it's the thing of like, you know, just not feeling obligated to anyone. And what right. I've noticed is this year, I've really been trying to get better at that. It has been very hard. Um, hmm. But I noticed that other people do not feel obligated to me. And I, and hmm. I understand them and I accept it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But then they'll, they'll have those expectations of me and I'll give mm-hmm. in to those expectations Then mm-hmm. I feel resentful after. And then they look mm-hmm. up and they wonder why they're blocked on my social media platform.
3: Oh. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so,
2: you know, but it's, it's, it's interesting how that works, but it, but it goes back yeah. to me to me setting the tone first. And I think that's where I have felt myself
3: Good. this year uh-huh.
2: with with uh-huh. friends with co-workers with even with family I think that that's where I have felt myself so I think I'm just trying to correct that so recently uh-huh. I, I told one of my friends um that I blocked two individuals who I thought were my closest friends right I thought these two uh-huh. people were my closest friends yeah.
3: uh-huh. one of
2: one of them we haven't talked in about we haven't talked since April the other one uh-huh. we haven't talked since early July right
3: Mm-hmm. And I noticed
2: that, and I'm not making myself look like I'm perfect because I'm not, but I noticed that I was carrying I was the carrier of communication a lot, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I was the one who was like, "Oh, I- I'll call you this time or let's set this up or let's set this up. Let, you know, let's do this right?" And that wasn't always reciprocated mm-hmm. for me, and of course, I sort of so resentful I'm a fucking human, you know,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: um. It it felt so empowering because it it wasn't like a fallout. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't a, Mm
3: -hmm. you know, it wasn't anything like
2: that. But I I had to make a choice to be like, okay, well, this, these two connections are really affecting my mental health
3: boundaries
2: Mm. boundaries have been violated on both ends yeah and now it's to the point where both of these relationships have deteriorated like these these relationships did i say that correctly deteriorated yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm you got it Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) just like a tongue twister (laughs) no but both of these relationships have died there's nothing else Uh -uh. there
3: so Mm -hmm.
2: so although it's sad it's actually a good thing because by me pressing that beautiful block button and then pressing the mute button beforehand, thank God for social mm. media so they can mute people down, <laughs> um, by me doing those things, it was a way of me protecting my own mental health, for, you yeah. know, not being triggered when I see a subliminal post, not, you mm. know, not being triggered when I see a meme. And I'm like, who are you talking about with that meme you didn't post you know what I'm saying now, <laughs> you get me yeah. and just and just and just cutting off that contact so I can focus on myself so just mm. by implementing implementing those two things I feel that that has um has it was hard for me to do but mm. but I had to tap into this thing of like okay well you come first your mental health and your wellness comes first right so mm-hmm. if, if you have two individuals who aren't really giving you the same feedback, they're not giving you that positive energy. They're not giving you that, and it's turning into something that that's that's not that's not good, right? for for either party. It's
0: not healthy. Cut, it's, yeah. It's it time to cut. Like...
2: It's time to cut the cord, and it's okay to do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think so many of us, when it comes to our friendships, we want to be a good friend. We want to be liked. We want to be all of that. And I think this year, I accept that I'm like, you know, these hosts probably don't like me. <laughs> you get me and 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 that's okay you know we're, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not everyone cups, I'm not everyone's cup of tea I mm-hmm. am an acquired taste I'm I an acquired spice meaning the perfect
1: blend yes (laughs) yes yes.
2: yeah but but it's it's really it really was empowering so although it was sad and it was scary to do it because I was all like oh what if I get a call from like one of those google free text numbers that I'm getting cussed out you know like Uh, like what if the the person is hurt you know because I didn't communicate that but mm -hmm. the communication has already been so severed it's already been so broken you know Mm -hmm. I've I've tried with both friends months ago Mm -hmm. you know I've said things about my boundaries months ago Mm. I've acknowledged their boundaries months ago a year ago years ago right and it's to the point now where nothing else needs to be said Mm. do you get Mm. me yeah and in in life sometimes um it happens that way you know
0: Mm -hmm. I actually definitely agree with that um sometimes you don't need to have like a big argument or like a big Uh -uh. communication sometimes it's just like you just kind of fall out like maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you even fix the situation but you realize that like this person is actually toxic on my mental Mm -hmm. health even on my physical health and it's not working Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. I liked how you said that there wasn't even like a big thing right it was just like you know we're adults you know sometimes you just stop communicating sometimes it's and it just crumbles that way and it's not even crumbling it's like it just happens and that's okay yeah you grow apart. You grow apart. Yeah, you grow yeah. apart, you apart, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You apart and that's what it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, sometimes people grow apart and it's one of those things where it just happens. And and mm. I caught myself always wanting to talk and always wanting to figure it out. And,
3: mm-hmm. You know,
2: going against myself for two people who I loved. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, but, you know, the feeling isn't, I, I don't feel that the feeling is mutual. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> which is mm-hmm. why I removed myself, you know, right. which is why I had to tap into that boundary of like, okay, you know, you don't have access to me. So yeah.
0: yeah sometimes <laughs> I block that block thing. That is a boundary. <laughs> you got to do it sometimes, you sometimes, block, sometimes mm-hmm. you got to pull it, pull it out and just say, you know what, mm-hmm.
2: you have an invitation to the black party since you're acting mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And, and since I'm acting like this, we're just going to block you. How about that? Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. No, I love what you both are saying about how there doesn't need to be a big blowout because yeah. sometimes like the way I see it is you can kind of like see how someone's operating and you can be like, oh, okay. And you look back on all your interactions with the Thanks. person and you're like, damn, and you just have this realization Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, yeah, this is not healthy for me. And like Kay was saying, sometimes the, the communication is so like, it's already been severed in a way that it's just kind of like an easy just detaching from the situation without the need for like a big blow up. Now, we're not telling everybody to go ghost people. That's not no, what not, saying. No, that's not what yes. we're saying. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah that's, that's not what we're, what we're saying. saying. Not at all. But not at all. Yeah, this is a very specific kind of situation that I think we all three of us kind of understand. Like sometimes yeah. it's like it's healthier to just let it fade. Just
2: let it away. go.
1: Out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's To touch on what you said, um, it's healthier to let it fade and let it go. Um, it's not ghosting. This this mm-hmm. this is a mm-hmm. part of where yeah. you are. Yeah, you are establishing a boundary, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. there have been multiple tries. There have been multiple, right. multiple mm-hmm. reach, multiple like, olive like branches can, yeah. that have been given. Yeah, like mm-hmm. here's my yes. olive branch, hole This yes. my yes. olive branch, mm-hmm. girl. This, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And now I'm at the point where. I'm waving my white flag, like literally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I'm just like, you know what? Tap me out. I I submit. It's like a wrestling match. I give up. You see, Mm -hmm. like this relationship is not worth, it's not because, you know, to the the other parties, it's not worth it. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and, and and for me, I got tired of being mindful of everyone. This might sound so selfish. And I know that this is a health and wellness podcast. I'm just saying for me and what I'm going through, I
0: -hmm. got tired
2: of being mindful of everyone else's trauma and being sensitive Mm. to it and being the friend of like oh I have to be sensitive to her okay I gotta be sensitive to him but in the meanwhile no one is being sensitive to me so so I have to be selfish Mm. in order to enforce that boundary I have to be selfish and I have to be like you know what eff it fuck it you're not mindful of my of my mental health and my wellness you're not calling to see how I'm doing you're not you're not you're not worrying about how I feel when I'm burned out
0: You know what I'm saying? You're not,
2: you're not, you don't want to come on a hike with me. I'm like, oh, can we go for a hike? Literally. Can we go for a hike? Can we, you know, let's do something together. Let's have this sisterhood. Right. You know? So that's Mm -hmm. where I have to start doing those things for myself.
1: You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And that doesn't sound bad or selfish even. It sounds like self preservation because what you're describing is relationships that were not reciprocal. So it's like, yeah, you were being mindful of, of their triggers and their traumas, but they weren't being mindful of yours. So it's not like you were just like, oh, fuck them and all their triggers. No, no you were se- you were seeing like, OK, these relationships aren't reciprocal. They are not respecting me and my triggers and my trauma or even being mindful of it. So I'm going to focus on me and protecting me. And that to me sounds like self-preservation and not selfishness. I just wanted to say
2: thank you. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I also it's self-preservation, but it is the thing of, you know, you you have to pour into yourself. So I, I just mm-hmm. I feel like this entire these last two years, although this year isn't over, <laughs> they, these last two years have just been so um, earth shattering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And on a level of even even the backdrop of what's going on in this country and what's, what's happening mm-hmm. in our current climate, right? Mm-hmm. And the backdrop of, of the pandemic behind us, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, the virus and everything and how everyone is coping with that. I, th- I think a lot of us who are, who have more of an extrovert quality in us, because I, I think I have both. I think I'm both. What is it called? An ambivert? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I believe so. Or yeah, yeah <laughs> right?
2: Mm-hmm. I think so. think that's what it's called but I think I have both of those qualities where I have the extroverted me and I have the introverted me right Mm. but I I think with the pandemic I found myself like just really being desperate you know Mm. for for human connection
1: connection Mm. yeah
2: yeah like being that is real Mm -hmm. really really desperate for it yeah and um having to be like you know what let's let's try to change our mindset let's just try to be okay with being alone
0: you know Mm -hmm. see
2: how that feels see how that Mm -hmm. feels to to do something for yourself Mm
0: -hmm. you know what I
2: mean see how it feels to go take a walk and get that coffee by yourself Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you know get off of the socials you know things like that (laughs) so I think that that's Mm -hmm. something that I that I slowly have been gravitating to um.
1: yeah oh okay that's amazing yeah like connecting with yourself again taking yourself on dates and stuff sounds like
2: yeah because I, I think I look I think I kind of forgot myself a little bit, you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's why I have times where even with my own content I disappear. You know, mm. um, I I won't be as consistent sometimes, you know. But but thankfully, like my my listeners are like, you know, we get it, we get it. But then yeah. I'm a part of me, I'm like, no, I still have to be more consistent. I gotta, I can't let it fall, you know. So th- that in itself is also a challenge. But you know, I think mm. you know, we just have to remember like that all of us are so deeply affected by what's occurring right mm. now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. And what so does, but does, does your podcast bring you joy though? Like creating mm-hmm. your content and like. Mm-hmm. It does. Your, yeah.
2: It brings me joy. Um, but but sometimes I feel like I have nothing to say or give. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you make content mm-hmm. for everyone, it doesn't even matter what kind of content it is.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you're giving a piece of you to mm-hmm. the world. Like literally. Mm-hmm. Rather you're mm-hmm. on a mainstream level or on an absolutely. Level, yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're still giving people a piece of you and you're, you're literally recording your voice mm-hmm. and you're passing mm-hmm. on your energy to someone else, right?
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: and sometimes it's like, oh, like, I don't, I don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to say. Yeah. I don't want to motivate anyone. I need to motivate my damn self. You mm. get me like, that's, yeah. that's, where I, that's where I've been, where I'm like, girl, I ain't got shit to say right now, okay? Yeah. And, and I have to even work on not feeling guilty for that. So, for example, I'll have friends or listeners who are like, you know, where are you at, or you know, and I, and I always say, I'm so thankful that you still listen, and I'm thankful that you still give a fuck because mm-hmm. I haven't dropped nothing in two months, you know, or something like that. Like at mm-hmm. one point, I think I think I disappeared for like three months, and I was like, oh wow, you still mm-hmm. want that? you still want an episode, girl? You still, you
3: know. Mm-hmm. So it, it
2: it makes me feel like okay, well, somebody cares, but it's also yeah. a
3: that,
2: you know, I literally tell them up front. I'm like, you know, I'm just not in a good space right now, and i and I'll go on the show and say it like. I don't have anything to give. I just, I don't have mm. any right now, you know, but I'll, I'll come back around. So, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: But I love how authentic you are though, because like you said, you're honest with them. You're like, you know yeah. what, right now, I don't have anything to give. And like, I think it's so admirable, like how authentic you are, because I think uh, like most people, you know, I think they're scared to be their full authentic self, but I think that you like own it and you are just like, this is me. Okay. <laughs> and like, I think that's really admirable. And I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I receive it.
2: I appreciate it. I'm
1: scared too,
2: though. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm always kind of like, see, this is why you ain't popping yet. Because, yo, I, you know, this is my negative self talk. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. you have everyone else who, who want to do this celebrity tea bullshit. And, you know, everybody wants to be the next this, be the next that. Right. And you see right. people who are actually becoming very successful. But, and I'm speaking in the realm of what, of my type of podcast, you get me mm, my type mm-hmm. of YouTube channel, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's the thing of like, but I have to remember, like, okay, well, this, this is me though. And, and yeah, all, all I could do is be me. I, I'm not trying exactly. to, to mm-hmm. mimic mm-hmm. anyone else or adopt mm-hmm. anyone else's mm-hmm. personality. You know, all I could do was show the fuck up, lip right. gloss popping, you know, ready to go when I'm ready to go. Right.
1: Me? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I love <laughs> lip gloss popping. <laughs>
0: Okay, are we ready? What up, fam? Hey, ohimas, we're interrupting normally. Oh fuck. Hey,
1: y'all, we're gonna start a Patreon. Is that how you say it? Patreon. (laughs) You
0: want shirts? You want? You want? (laughs) Why can't we fucking do this? Hey, ohimas, we're interrupting your normally scheduled podcast to bring you a special announcement.
1: Hey, We've got our very own Patreon page now where we'll be posting exclusive content.
0: Yes, yes. So it will be uh, $5 a month um, if you join our Patreon.
1: We're going to be answering the spicier questions that we can't have on the podcast. And uh, there's going to be a special episode involving a couples game hosted by our very own Ohima team and... Just a little teaser, Kat and I are going to be
0: guests. (laughs) Yes, with our partners, with my husband. (laughs) And my partner. Yes, uh, yes. Um, We'll also include episodes, uh, in the episodes we'll include bloopers, compilations, different things of that nature, photos, behind the scenes stuff. Um, possibly on team events, and we will probably be
1: putting out a poll so we can figure out what kind of merch y'all want. Do you want some mugs with our faces on them? Do you want some shirts? Do
0: you want some stickers? I mean, what you want? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell us, or or mugs with quotes on them, like quotes from the podcast, quotes from you know our guests, or quotes from us, me and Mitra. We're going to have some playlists so you can see
1: what we be listening to or what our guests are listening to. We're going to put some recipes, some exclusive
0: wellness tips and shrimp from our guests and hosts. Yes. Um, and then we mostly want just some feedback from you, our listeners. Um about our Patreon, um, and what you would all want to see, um, and your contribution to this. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to making this a very enjoyable experience for you all. Um, we hope to have all these different things, videos, pics, behind the scenes stuff, scrap up stuff, um, extended podcast bits. We'll probably do early access, Um, sneak peeks to our videos (laughs) we'll see (laughs) just kidding but yeah things of that nature so just be on the lookout but definitely join us um, on our Patreon we also want y'all to know that it is not
1: mandatory to subscribe to our Patreon we you listening is enough you sharing or liking posts is enough and we really appreciate all of you this is definitely just if you want to you know hear some
0: juicier things or
1: you know (laughs) i don't know what else to say
0: (laughs) yes so we're yeah so we're basically looking forward to you all joining us on patreon um be on the lookout for all these different things coming up um during season two and beyond thank you and now back to the episode bye (laughs)
1: Do you want to tell um everybody about your your podcast, or did you want to talk about your podcast a little bit, or yeah. your, the other stuff you do? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a podcast called
2: The Perfect Blend Podcast. It's available on ten platforms. I do oh, my show okay. through well, it's through Anchor Girl. You know, I'm not, I'm not connected like the mainstream growth, <laughs> You know, that's okay. <laughs> are we? But, but thank God for Anchor. This is how I've gotten the access. <laughs> to so 10 platforms so of course i'm on you know apple it's, it's apple podcast or itunes one of those okay. i don't know what they always change the name of it but it's apple podcast oh, okay. spotify um google podcast stitcher overcast radio republic those are like a few and then you can go to anchor to see the other ones y'all but the show oh, is okay. called the perfect blend podcast
3: mm-hmm. by
2: Kay starks um and i'm on season three right now and the, the beautiful thing about this year, although this year has been really tough as far as me being consistent with releasing episodes, mm-hmm. um, I finally mm-hmm. have stepped into the YouTube realm. So I have a YouTube channel under my Instagram ha- My Instagram name is KDay. Day. So the YouTube channel is KDay, Day, K-A-E-D-A-Y-Y. And you'll see an emblem or a symbol of my, it says the perfect one. That's like a little picture of little Abby there. But if you go on and type Katie, I think I have about five or six videos posted. So that's my YouTube channel. And the difference between the two is that the perfect blend is more for extended conversations, right? It's easier to record on a podcast when you're doing it via, via doing it via audio, and people can't mm-hmm. really see you, right? It's easier right. to be a little bit more vulnerable. It's, mm-hmm. easier, to, it's, it's true. easier to talk more shit. It's you know, true. It's, it's, it's a little easier mm-hmm. to, to 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 have fun or you know be yourself and let your hair down a little bit more. Yeah, the YouTube channel is also similar to my podcast but but shorter you know i've had a lot of listeners who are like your episodes are too long like and i'm just like girl y'all just have a short attention span girl just listen to them <laughs> you know, <I'm> just, <laughs> but but i also want to be sensitive sorry for my listen but i want to be sensitive
3: to that you know so
2: my podcast and, and i'm sorry my youtube channel unless it's like a longer interview because i do interviews mm-hmm. on my youtube channel the mm-hmm. youtube channel is, is is shorter pieces of me right where, yeah. I, where I talk about things happening in pop culture urban pop culture let's be mm. clear mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and life you know so with both yeah. of my little both of my little babies there I, I give you pieces of pop culture in my personal life um, self-help life advice reminiscences, or, or you know things about love, you know Mm. things like that just like different pieces of me as a person
1: love okay yeah
2: so that's why i talk about these different things so yeah that's where you can find me yeah okay
1: yes that's good oh sorry oh no go on oh i was just
2: gonna say i think i think the podcast is a deeper piece of me i've been doing it for the past three years um and my my youtube channel is new it's still growing you know so i only have 11 subscribers so if it's you okay. care go ahead and just subscribe you know yes. we all start somewhere you know so it's, it's a new somewhere. challenge and a new journey for me to be visible and be all do all that and just you know overthinking things and working it out and not editing videos and just uploading shit raw and uncut. it's a hot mess but mm. I hope you know, <laughs> 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 but, but I hope I hope you guys you know check it out so yeah
1: But I love the rawness because that speaks to like how you're being authentic and you're like, this is the realness. This is Mm -hmm. the raw, like me, this is the raw footage, you know, and people are lucky that they're able to, you know, be privy to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. I mean, so something that I know we had talked about a little bit earlier, but, um, I know you wanted to talk about um, Black, LGBTQ, uh, people of color, Mm -hmm. um, and then trans POC. I don't know if you want to kind of delve into that and kind of tie it into the mental health and wellness piece.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when you are an individual who exists along the margins, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. And this is where people who are not LGBTQ can relate to us, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, mm-hmm. you're still an individual who, who may have some type of difference, right? Rather it be struggles with mental health, a disability, mm-hmm. right. yeah. um, you know, your age, um, it could be anything, right? That, that highlights a key difference that sets you apart from mm-hmm. who is accepted in, in this world and, and who does mm-hmm. have access and privilege and, and acceptance, right? Social acceptance which was just a, a major thing. I think that um, mental health and wellness is something that on a, on a POC people of color level, um, mm-hmm. and let's make it more nuanced on a, on a brown level. I can't speak for brown people. I am not Latinx. But you know, I, I have friends who are and they share some similar similar things with me, you know, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like how with black people, we go through that too, you know, on, on a black mm-hmm. level. You know, mm-hmm. mental health is something that is just not <laughs> embraced. It's something that's not embraced, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there there is a historical context behind that, right? right? Um there 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 are certain narratives behind that that we as a community teach each other, but also um something that unfortunately we don't have access to on, on a mm. mainstream scale. We don't we don't know what that looks like. We're finally coming around to having conversations about mental health in the black community alone. Like we're, right. we're finally somewhat t- touching the surface, like touching it, touching it. You know, now when you bring in the LGBTQ plus aspect of it, that's a whole different sub subset. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's a whole different thing. And, and in my experience, thank God I decided to, I come from a very dysfunctional family. I come from a family of people with substance abuse. Um, you know, I have a father who was an alcoholic. I have a mother who has mental health issues that I believe are undiagnosed and that other people in the family believe are undiagnosed. Um, I have family members who, who were, um, oh, what's the right word? I don't wanna sound insensitive. But family members who were uh, handicapped, like mentally disabled, is oh.
0: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh,
1: I'm trying um, to say that in
2: a very politically correct way. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm do saying? they do they have a disability of some yes. sort? Or? Yes, they have. They have mm-hmm.
2: disabilities like mental health disabilities. Okay. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're they're disabled, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, I come from a family of individuals who were. In gangs, who ran the streets, who were prostitutes, you know what I'm saying, who had Mm -hmm. that street life, you get what I'm saying? And then Mm -hmm. some of them were Mm -hmm. also conservative. Some of them were in the church. Some of them are pastors, are, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm evangelists, things like that, you know? So I I come from that. And being someone who did not fit in, you know, being the black sheep, a, a young trans girl who didn't know that yet, and the world just called me the F word, and they just saw an effeminate boy. And, you know, and I mm-hmm. had to suffer because of that. I had to suffer, you know, by way of, by way of society. I had to suffer mm-hmm. by way of my father and, and dealt with like physical abuse and things like that. Oh, mm-hmm. now I'm opening up. Oops. Oh wow. I'm opening up, but yes, you know, you know, I had to suffer because of that, um, that, that, that caused me to be an individual who was traumatized. And now, mm-hmm. and now in my adult life, Unfortunately, but fortunately, fortunately, I have somewhat tools and a little bit of access to to, to challenge those things and ask why did these things happen to me or, or what or what caused me to to not be trustworthy of friends or, or you know, like having mm-hmm. to undo all of those mm-hmm. earlier childhood traumas. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: and not and not understanding why the world never had a space for someone like me. Right. Those are Mm -hmm. things that I'm working on today as as a Black trans woman at 28 years old. And and it's something that is a daily thing. It is not easy. You know, um, I'm someone who, who, because of the traumas I dealt with, I literally had mental breakdowns in college. You know, Mm -hmm. I had emotional breakdowns when it was finals Mm -hmm. week or, you know, when when my dad is cussing me out and my mom is like, you know, we Mm -hmm. don't accept you anyway, or she's ignoring my phone calls, you know, yet. I was recently homeless and I'm trying to patch together, you know, our, at the time in college, I was, you know, homeless before I went into college. So, you mm-hmm. know, being a young adult and you're trying to piece together that, that relationship, right. Because in college, everyone else has their family. Everyone else gets yeah. to go home for the holidays. Everyone else yeah. gets to have this access to their family. And that doesn't mean yes. that their family lives are perfect. It's not what That's that a means. good point. That's but a good point. I think for me, I, I was trying my best to just you know, be accepted by my family, right? And it took a toll yeah. on my on my spiritual health, my emotional health, and my mental health. It was horrible. It was one of the worst times in my life, you know? So having that nuanced experience, I'm gonna tie this being a Black trans woman. Having all that yeah. within me, because all of our experiences are not the same. I am not a monolith. I cannot speak for all mm. women who look like me. I can't speak for all Black women. I can't speak for all Black trans women. But for me, I had a lot of shit I had to deal with and I had to face and um and i'm still working on that to this day right mm-hmm. and what i want to say is that it's important for us to challenge ourselves to do the digging that is so painful and so ugly yes you know um go to a therapist at 16 mm-hmm. i started therapy when i was staying at a group home i was staying at a shelter in a group home at the time in hollywood and mm-hmm. um In high school, it was really tough for me because everyone knew my business. All of the other kids knew that my mom was abusive and fucking crazy. And everyone knew that I, to them in their eyes, I was gay. To me, I knew that I was a woman, right? But I didn't, I I could not transition. That was something that I could not do. But to them, they were like, oh, you know, at the time, this is how people feel. Although I felt like a she, you know, to people looking at my life falling apart, oh, his mom doesn't accept him. Oh, he's crazy. He's just really, oh, he's very fashionable. He's very fun and flamboyant. Everything mm-hmm. appears to be okay. You know, just different things like that. But knowing on the inside, I did not have any support. And I mm. simply just wanted to go to college. I just, yeah. I, want, I, I wanted to have a career in media. I wanted to, to just have a better life for myself that didn't remind me of where I where I came from. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it, it caused a lot, of, a lot of dysfunction. All I could say is that it, it's such a nuanced experience, right? When you see Black trans women specifically, not Black mm-hmm. trans men, although there are some Black trans men who do do sex work, right? But mm-hmm. when, when you see Black trans women, we're often on the margins, and this ties to my earlier point as the individual who exists mm-hmm. along the mm-hmm.
3: margins. Yes. We, we
2: are pushed into having to live street life and having to survive on the streets because we have no one else to turn to. We're, mm-hmm. we're pushed to having to be prostitutes and sex workers, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I know we live in an age now of finally embracing sex workers and, and having sex positivity, right? But there was a time where that's that's what Black trans women had to do.
3: Mm-hmm. And also
2: cis women, you know? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. always forget that too. I'm like, no, Black cis women and cis women of color, Mm-hmm. you know, Latinx this woman, Philippine, mm-hmm. you know, different, different cis woman of color also has this happen to that because sex work is yeah. one of the oldest trades in the, in the world. Yes, it is. A lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. they're a woman who are trying to escape domestic violence situations or an abusive mm-hmm. husband or something, or they were dating a guy and the guy turned out to be a pimp and they didn't know. And now they're a prostitute mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, and they're cracked out, you know, they're cracked out on drugs. It's so many different experiences that bring people to where they are. Right. And, mm-hmm. and for me, When it comes to mental health and wellness, and I'm all over the place, but it all fits. (laughs) Okay, no, we're we're Yeah, we're following. following. We're following. We're definitely following. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It it all fits. And um, also, too, I'm not leaving out the Black non-binary community who also struggle with that, that particular mm. narrative as well, mm-hmm. you know, of having mm-hmm. to also do sex work and also not having anyone and not having that family support where we, we, we're not given the tools, right? So what do we turn mm-hmm. to? We turn to self-medicating. We turn to toxic love. We turn mm-hmm. to abusive behaviors towards ourselves, you know, um, mm-hmm. trigger warning, you know, some individuals self-harm. You get what I'm mm, saying? Mm, just just mm. just to cope with how intense this lived experience is and mm. just to cope with the cars that we have been dealt. Um. Mm. So. My journey with mental health and wellness, I feel that I've been blessed because when I was 16 years old, as I was going through all of that, I started therapy at 16 I did not Mm -hmm. have the best experience with every mental health counselor or therapist. Mm -hmm. Some experiences were a hot-ass mess. And I'm just going to say it with Mm the customer. We've been
3: talking about that. We have, yes.
2: A hot mess where Mm -hmm. I met with a counselor because they were the only one there or Mm -hmm. they were a woman. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, she's a woman. So hopefully she'll be at least more sensitive to me. More
1: empathetic. Right, yeah. right. Hopefully she'll mm-hmm. be more
2: sensitive to just listening to me talk and helping me work this out, work this darkness out and work this pain out. So mm-hmm. I'm not over here jumping off of a bridge. You know what I'm saying? Literally. Um, but that wasn't always the case. I, I had mm-hmm. counselors. I remember when I was 16, I, I snuck and met with a therapist and my mom found out. She was like really mad at me. <laughs> but we had a therapist in the back of our high school. Who? I, okay, so in our high school, was Pasadena High School, full disclosure. I, w- I will plug the high school because all the Pasadena girls <laughs> are probably going to listen to this podcast. Uh, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but I remember in, in back of the high school, they had these little like, uh, what are those little, those little portable offices called? Re- can move like like a, a
1: bungalow kind yes, of thing? Yes, they had
2: bungalows uh-huh. with therapists in them, right? And mm. at the time, I think they only had two or three. And so of course, I went with the female because it was like two men and like one woman. So I went with the woman because mm. I was like, honey, my mom is crazy. My dad used to abuse me. I'm trying to, as a black person, not say these things because my parents can get in trouble, but Mm -hmm. I also care. I also care about my mental health and I want to live a right life or be as right Mm -hmm. as I can. And when I say a right life, meaning I want to be at peace. I want to move beyond this. I see a bigger picture, right? Literally at 16, Mm -hmm. that's how I was thinking. I was like, I want to get out of this lady's house. You know, I left my father. My father threw me out because he did not accept me. My father hated who I was, literally, and he was Mm -hmm. ashamed of me. So he threw me out at 14, you know? So I was with my mom and I'm just like, my life is so chaotic and school is all that I have. School is my tool to get out Mm -hmm. of this somehow. You get me? Mm -hmm. So what can I do? Who the hell can I talk to to keep my mental right? So I won't be over here like these other kids in high school who are drinking vodka out of a bottle, taking it to class. I had mm-hmm. literally looking back at that shit. I had friends in high school who were literally had little water bottles like this, full of vodka, popping yeah. pills in the bathroom, um smoking weed and there's nothing wrong with weed. But as a, as a kid, mm-hmm. I feel like but as a as kid, a, yeah. as a kid you gonna yeah. be over here popping mm-hmm. all these mollies and heads spinning mm-hmm. around in a circle in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, that yeah. that's <laughs> <I'm sorry. Yeah. laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> her her life, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, but, but as a kid, your head should not be spinning around in the bathroom as you're popping all these pills. Something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that, that's the humor side of it, but no, but that, that comes from a place of that youth feeling like something is going on within me. Something is missing. I have all these questions. Yeah. My parents are shitty. My parents don't care about me. My parents don't have the tools. I don't have any friends. You know I want to take my life trigger warning you know that's what youth go through right
3: mm-hmm. um
2: for me I went through that too I didn't go through the drug thing but I did go go through the thing of like questioning my life existence right
3: mm-hmm. Be- because
2: because my upbringing was so hard and and I went through that that dark patch honestly for about all the way until I was like what like 22 20 no 24 I would say that mm-hmm. that's when I started to kind of appreciate my life through therapy Mm -hmm. so once i started Mm -hmm. therapy and i was working through all that darkness and meeting with all those counselors right so once Mm -hmm. once the high school counselor wasn't working Mm -hmm. um the counselor at my shelter worked for a little while then she stopped working or she got a new job or something like that you know people transition out right right right. so i went to another counselor who was a male and i was like oh Mm -hmm. god i don't want a man like what can what can a cis man do for me Mm -hmm. But he was um, a Caucasian male and he actually helped me. And I was like, oh, wow, Mm. okay, maybe there are people who, (laughs) maybe there are (laughs) people who somewhat have the tools, right? And to this day, I I met with him for, I believe, like a year and a half or two years until I was 18. He was phenomenal. Then um, I also had college counselors at, at, at the group home and shelter that I stayed at. I stayed at the shelter first, transitioned to the group home. I, they had counselors. They're like college counselors mm-hmm. and stuff, brought mm-hmm. along with mental health counselors. So I just tapped into those free resources as much as I could. Yeah. Um, because I knew that a lot of people, it, you know, from where I come from, people who go to therapy are either crazy, mm-hmm. or, you know, they have problems and they need help or they have money. They have money, and that's something that people who are upscale do. You know, people people who yeah. have the money to afford it go to a therapist. You get me? Mm. We don't have money. We don't know what that lifestyle is like. You know mm. what I mean? For me, I was just like, you know, let me tap into... Um, to, and tap into these free resources and take advantage of it unfortunately mm-hmm. when i got into ucla that's when shit hit the fan <laughs> because mm-hmm. honestly looking back i do feel like i have the wrong therapist right and it's so mm-hmm. funny each therapist there was a hot mess it was only one woman who did a great job i can't say her name because to protect her privacy this mm-hmm. was
1: at ucla
2: this was at ucla now
1: mm-hmm. In ucla
2: they mm-hmm. had this thing called and it's so yes i of- remember i remember
1: <laughs> I, I used to too. yeah I- so problematic
2: and robotic, and I will say that oh, on her. girl. Is
1: a hot fucking mess.
2: <laughs> this does not help anyone. This <laughs> is a destruction to young people's mental health. They need to revamp. They need to mm. figure something out because those people that they hired at the time were not mm. equipped. I don't care what type of degree they fucking had. They were not equipped for mm. the work that needed to be done. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. they should get mm-hmm. counselors who have more lived experience.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're not just somebody's fraternity or sorority brother or sister. Got in. I'm just calling it out. It's bullshit. You get me? <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. we can see through that. You drop in the Yeah. <laughs> when you meet yeah. these people, you can see when you <laughs> when, when you meet with these different counselors, you can see the individuals who are there to really help, and the individuals mm-hmm. who were just clocking in and driving away in their fancy portions. That's so that. true.
1: You, that is so true. It. You can see uh-huh. it and you can feel uh-huh. it, and that's
2: something that I felt in college. So. So my earlier years were dark. It was terrible. Mm. I, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. All I knew was that I was at this upscale school with all these kids who, who had everything right and had everything given to them and laid out for them. And I know. And I know all of them didn't have everything given to them, but most of them did.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Where
2: where they 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 were youth who came from a place of being prepared in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They they had a family structure behind them. Um, mm-hmm. And and certain blessings that I wasn't accustomed to. I'm not a hater though. I'm not a hater. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. But you
2: know, in, in college, you know, I was just trying to navigate that and like comparing myself to all these people who I didn't fucking know and all these mm. people who didn't who didn't care about me, right? And here here's the here's the light bulb. I wanted to transition. I was finally 18. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. finally able to be like, you know what? We could do this now.
0: You mm-hmm. can go for
2: it now. You can you mm-hmm. start your HRT now you mm-hmm. better do it while you're young girl don't sit up here and wait too long, longer or else you're going to start looking a certain way and we, you still want to catch your your young body because you know when you transition as a trans woman the, the younger you start the better it is you get me the better you look okay the, the mm-hmm. better you come out after puberty kind of hits you you get me so mm. my mindset right along with hanging around with some some younger trans women trans women in the mm-hmm. hollywood hollywood streets we streets of hollywood you know Mm-hmm. Um, the girls would tell me like, "You better start when you're young, girl. Leave home. Why are you still at home? <laughs> like, bitch, you better pop the moans, girl. You look good. You look. You look this. You look that. You better start, baby. You know." Um, I was so afraid to do that though. I, I and also too going to UCLA. That's such a good fucking school, the, mm-hmm. despite it not being a perfect school at all. You know, mm-hmm. people love it for the name, although behind the mm-hmm. scenes it's, oh, I'm not going to say that part, but <laughs> I'll say it like this because I'm still a Bruin, okay? So I can't disrespect the institution.
3: But what I will say, <laughs>
2: but but the, the school culture is terrible too. And I will say that. Mm. The school, co- you don't have to edit it out. The school culture is terrible. The school culture preaches mm. this thing about diversity and how inclusive we are and and how we're this and how we're that. Meanwhile, it, it, when you get to the school, you, you feel you feel the differences. You you feel you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a little too extreme, but you kind of feel the segregation a little bit. You feel it, you know. Yeah. Or at least I felt it. You know, mm-hmm. I felt it when I went there. And I, I don't,
1: don't that- think that's extreme, Kay. I don't think that's true You're speaking your truth about your experience. Right. Yeah,
3: it
2: mm-hmm. was it was it was it was crazy because I was this black trans girl this black girl who didn't fit in with the black people because I was LGBTQ+, didn't fit in with the white people because I was black, uh, didn't fit in with the other people of color because they were like, honey, we're fighting for our own shit. We don't know what you're going through, girl. But the Latinx girls over here we're like, we have our own struggle. We don't kind of care about the black thing. Um, mm-hmm. The Filipino students, we don't care about the black thing. You know, the, the um, what is it? The Pacific Islander students, we don't care about your thing. Cause you know, all of these students are there, to to um to learn who they are you get me everyone's there trying to figure out their own history we're all taking these these really great courses that that give Mm. us the knowledge finally of our people of our culture of our ancestors of our past you know um you know you have the african students who are like already Uh, you know, I already have some of my culture. I already know who I am, Mm -hmm. girl. You know, I don't really relate to the Black struggle. (laughs) You know, that's just how some African students were on campus, you know, and some (laughs) of them were like, I'm down for the Black cause, but some of them were like, honey, that doesn't affect me, girl. I'm, (laughs) you know, we know, we know who we are, so we Mm -hmm. don't face that, girl. Mm -hmm. We're a different, we're a different type of Black. Those are all the things that existed, right? So going against all of that, mind you, dealing with my family stuff and them not accepting my transition and formally being homeless, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then getting all this financial aid. It was just a lot that I had to mm-hmm. learn. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: it took a toll on my mental health. It was terrible. So, but, but I, I, I will give myself credit. I still can sing. I still continue to seek therapy. That's something that I continue to do. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and it was, it was so dark and it was so hard at they had horrible therapists, but I kept meeting with them, mm-hmm. literally. I literally there was one therapist there where I literally met with him and I, oh, I cannot stand this man. I don't even know why I put myself through that shit looking mm. back at it. But um at the time, I think, I think this is when really. They didn't give you the ability to really pick people yet. They just assigned you people Mm, because now is a lot better. Now it's better. But back then, Mm -hmm. around 2011, 2012, Mm -hmm. you know, people were still ironing out the kinks of what what does mental health look like on a campus for these students? You know, so honestly, I don't think that they really gave a a fiery F (laughs) about the type of people that they were choosing to talk Mm. to these young people and youth, right? Mm -hmm. I think it was the thing of, you know, well, this person has a great resume, and and you know, this is my frat brother. You know, I I love Jerry. That wasn't his name, <laughs> by the way. um uh, you know, I, I love Jerry. Not Jerry. <laughs> no, I know. No, but we have to talk about how these institutions work. They work off of nepotism. That is how the world uh, works. And uh, at, and I didn't know that at the time. I was just this young, this young kid. You get me, who loved music uh, and loved and loved pop culture, and and you know, was trying to find my footing, who really thought that I would go to this school and due to the connections that I thought that I would receive at this institution, that I would be in Hollywood and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll I'll be able to interview Tyra Banks and Beyonce. You get me? And it it, it wasn't that simple. It wasn't that easy. Right. But I give myself props because I continue to meet with therapist after therapist when it didn't work out with the first guy. And I I literally met him like a good, like eight times, I swear. Like I really tried with him. Mm -hmm. But then one day I was in in my dorm and I was like, oh, he makes me so uncomfortable. He's weird. He Mm. is just, he's a really weird man. I don't know what energy he's on. He is just Mm. a very weird person. His energy was weird to me. I don't know Mm. why that was he was a very strange man so um and he didn't like do anything to violate me or anything like that but it was just something about just him the that
0: energy yeah it made me
2: very uncomfortable i felt like i was being judged in my therapy sessions. Uh. i felt um i didn't feel safe with him i felt like he was strange he just was uh-uh. weird um so i met with other people and did and it did not work out and it i had to unfortunately have a mental breakdown i had to uh. have several um dark things happen to me on campus you know what I'm saying for me to crumble you know what I mean and -hmm. it was something that was a um it was a public thing it was it was a horrible thing right but Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how at the time UCLA had a care team a care team is like it's a group of like four people right they help students who go through traumatic things on campus It could Mm -hmm. be anything traumatic. It could be a girl Mm -hmm. who's at a fat party and she gets sexually assaulted. It could be someone Mm -hmm. who gets jumped. It could be someone who gets robbed. It could be um, Mm -hmm. a a, a male student who's being abused by his female girlfriend. There is so Mm -hmm. much shit that happens on these college campuses that a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't talk about. You get Mm -hmm. me? And there are a lot of students who are going through all of this crazy stuff, you know, in private, right? They're going through all of these horrible things. That's where the care team comes in that care team saved my life the care team literally and these mm-hmm. are individuals who were not therapists but mm-hmm. they were they were still social workers you
3: get me
1: mm-hmm. no. okay and i always say this so, but i feel like social workers are the best i just have to yeah. throw that yeah. out there
2: and, <laughs> and there was there was one woman there was one woman where I feel like I say her name because now she has her own business. So girl, you get a plug oh, on her. amazing. Miss Kiara Lee. She gets a plug on here.
1: Yes, Kiara.
2: Um, yes, she's amazing. Um, she was the only individual. And she was a Black woman. You get me?
3: Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. And she was
2: a queer woman too. It was so funny. She, mm. she was a part of the LGBT LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. And she was a fan. That's
1: she, amazing.
2: She was the only woman that really heard me and really understood me. And, and it's so crazy the time that she came into my life at that time but but she just got it and, and her and I would the conversations that we would have literally mm-hmm. gave me the strength to oh. um to hang in there right and unfortunately mm-hmm. you know I was also an advocate on campus and stuff like that so with being a being a, yeah. an advocate on campus and being a black advocate at that yeah. when well, you're too fiery honey 5-0 is watching you. And that, and that, and that mm-hmm. is what happened to me on campus. You know, I got arrested and all types of stuff. It was a mess. But, you know, after that, you know, Kiara stuck with me through that whole experience. You know, she visited me when I was in jail, <laughs> you know, because I was wrongly arrested, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, if it wasn't for her and a few other people there, and I'm not going to say their names also just to protect their identity. I'm only saying Kiara's name because she does have her own business now, you know. <laughs> but yes. I, I want to get her the plug. Yeah. But, um, you know, there were a few people on that campus who, who really did hear me out. But unfortunately, um, due to the powers that be, they could not do anything, you know, to intervene and help me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. But, but, exactly.
2: but they did uh, support me, you know. So with all that being said, um, Throughout all of that traumatic stuff that I went through with my transition, um, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: once I was free from being incarcerated, um, I was homeless again. I found myself homeless again, and that really took a toll on me. I was depressed for like three, four years. I was in such a dark place um, because I was someone who was the highlight of school, right? In high school, I was someone who had the good grades, I was someone who got all the scholarships. I was someone who, even on UCLA's campus, I was highly involved on campus. I was the person- Yes, you
0: were, I, I remember. Was, I was the mm-hmm. leader of
2: all these stupid student groups that didn't do shit for me. I'm just, now I'm saying it at 28. You know, um, mm. I, I was literally killing myself. You get what I'm saying? I'm mm. trying to be this this advocate and be all these things, right? And it, and mm-hmm. it was something that was horrible um, because there were other things going on in my real life that, that I was having a difficult time dealing with, right? So what did I do when I got out, got into this, this program? I'm not going to say their name, but I got into this program and um, it was a homeless shelter that had like these three different, these three different transitional living programs. And with, with their programs, um, they had a therapist there. So mm. he was amazing. And um, it's interesting because I know a lot of people, they, 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 with therapy, people of color, they're always like, I don't want to meet with a white person. I don't feel that they relate
0: to me, right. you know? Yeah.
2: I met, I had a white gay male um, <laughs> who, he was Jewish, um, correct me. He was if, Jewish. <laughs> no, right. But correct me if I said that incorrectly. Um, okay. But, but no, he, you know, he was a Jewish gay male. You know, blonde hair, blue eye, sweet as pie. He understood, for some reason, he really understood me. He had mm-hmm. the proper tools to help me. Great therapist. Met with me for free for six years.
3: Mm, for free. That was amazing.
2: For free, for free, you know, and um, if it it weren't for him walking me through cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR, Mm. you know, different forms like that and allowing me to be objective about my own Mm -hmm. pain, but still work through my own pain in real time, I I feel like I wouldn't have the strength. And that doesn't mean I'm all cured and I'm all, I have all the answers now because I don't, but um, therapy is a good thing. So I share mm-hmm, yeah. all of that pain and yes. all that whole story to let you know that um, mental health is wealth. And I know that that's such a cliche ass. Mental it's such a cli- it's such a cliche mm-hmm. thing when people say, that. "I see." I'm like, "Oh, girl, shut up. It's not wealth. What are you talking about?" But it truly really is wealth. It really is because if if you're strong here and strong on yeah. the inside, you're gonna be able to deal with those those dark days. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that doesn't mean that you'll be able to do everything alone. Um, because you, you do need friends, you do need family, you do need those different support systems, but you'll, you'll have the, the more of the backbone and and more, and more added strength to your backbone because you're already a strong person, Mm -hmm. you know, by even wanting to go to therapy that already shows that you're strong in the sense that, that you want to tap into your vulnerability and heal. Cause to me, I feel like that's a strong thing. I think people who don't want to do it are weak personally because the biggest monster is yourself, mm. you get me, mm. that, that's yeah. the biggest monster, and, and, and you, could, you could blame other people in the past and other events in the past all day long, but, but one thing that I learned when I went back to UCLA, actually, because I was suspended for three years, I got suspended for three fucking years behind all of that bullshit I went through on campus, I got suspended for three years, right, so I was supposed to graduate in 2015, didn't graduate, got out of jail. And then when i as soon as I get out, I got out in the summer of 2015. All of my friends are graduating. Everyone's graduating. Everyone's walking the stage. It, it was a big hit on my ego. It was horrible. Mm. I was like, fuck, like, oh, why did I let my mental health go? Like where, you know, why, why were my cries for help seen as a threat? But, you know, I'm sharing all of this because it's something that I wish I would have known when I was younger, right? Yeah. And I feel like it could help all of us today. Yes. But when yes. I went back to school, there was a professor who I had. She was amazing. Not going to say her name, but it was something that stuck with me that she said. Well, she she said something around the lines of um, everyone is accountable for their own healing.
0: Mm.
2: Um, right? Yeah. That simple phrase, or that simple that simple saying, was something where I was like, "Wow, that's so true," because uh, the bitter side of me is like, you know, you know, I went through all this. No one cares what was me, you know, who's going to help me? But, but, but the sweet side of me was like, "No, that's that's real stuff," because that gives me the ability to come back onto this campus, right? After all this, after all this BS happened, Mm -hmm. and how certain individuals who contributed Mm -hmm. to my downfall on that campus. They still work there. I still had uh, to see them. I still had to work with some of them, right? I st- Literally, I still had to literally work with some of them because I had a student, I had a little student workers job. What is it? A student aid uh, job, workers uh, aid uh, or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Work, work study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Work there were, study. There, yeah, there were individuals on that campus who did not mean me well in the past and they were still there, still in their career, still in their careers, right? And I had to just face it at face value. I had to be like, you know what? Well, I'm back and I'm here. And the past is the past. Your, your money didn't stop. And my degree, I have to get that so I can make money like you. So I'm back. And I'm accountable for my own healing. So I stayed in therapy throughout that whole thing because it was very difficult. But um, it, it was an easier experience to return because I was stronger. You know, I was yeah. more comfortable in my identity as a trans person, too, because now I, was, I, I transitioned. You feel me? Yeah. So earlier, I wanted to mention too, as I was going through all of that, I was transitioning at the same time. It was Mm. terrible. It was horrible Mm. because um, other students on campus and faculty and staff did not understand what was going on with me. A lot of people Mm. did not agree with me transitioning. A lot of people hated me because I was trans. They were uncomfortable. They hated me. They were like- Did you have
1: a support? Did you have people that supported you at least too? Um, Or was it mostly a a bad experience? I
2: would say it was honestly a very rough experience. Mm. I
1: didn't, like even the
2: people who were LGBT did not support me on campus. Um, Mm. I felt like I was on my own, honestly. Mm. And and I say this because I know people were like,
3: oh, you're so brave.
2: I don't really feel like anyone really cared. You know what I mean? Um, and that, that's just how I feel. That, that's thats my story. I did have friends who cared about me, right? right. But they could only do so much. They're, what, they're all, we're all young. Nobody knows what mm. the hell is going on. Everyone yeah. has their classes and they're like, girl, we don't have time for you and your mental health, girl. We trying to go to class at our own stuff. So, you know, that's sort of how my friends, they, mm. they were sweethearts, but they didn't know. They didn't know what the black trans experience looked like. I was the mm-hmm. I was the first for a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends mm-hmm. were like, "What mm-hmm. is this? What is going on? <laughs> we're okay with the gay thing. Not we're not okay with with the trans thing." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had friends who I lost because they were uncomfortable, and you know, wow. they're not they're not my real friends in real life. You know, you mm-hmm. know, but I had people who were associates at the time who I thought were my friends and um once i started transitioning it was kind of like oh you know you're this you're that i can't associate with that mm. that makes me look bad you know so so i dealt with a lot of a lot of uh, for lack of better words in layman's terms bullshit i did yeah. but um i was responsible for my own healing mm-hmm. so what i did was i took accountability for that and i put my ass in therapy
3: mm. Yeah. So yeah.
2: that's the experience. Your your mm. mental health and your wellness is mm-hmm. it, it's yours. It's something that is you, mm, and what, whatever you are dealing with on the inside, it's important to. Talk to someone who doesn't know you that well. You know, your friends can only do so much. Your yeah. family can only do so much, and um, it, it's it's up to you to, to heal and work on that. It's up free. It's up to you to figure out those resources. Mm-hmm. Google the resources if you don't have them. Call somebody.
3: Figure mm-hmm. it out.
2: We live in the we live in the age of Google. There's no more excuses anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh-huh. Thank you, Kay. You thank you for for sharing so vulnerably and openly, yeah. too. Like for real. Yeah.
0: Yes, and just kind of, I guess, just to wrap it up. Oh, that um, was intense. <laughs> like, girl, she's like, I don't no, have any more questions. <laughs> I know, like that was so good. Um, yeah, just like I guess, kind of wrap it up. Maybe you can tell us some resources that you, mm, yeah. Use. <clears throat> um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. The social worker that
1: you mentioned, you the social and worker, any yeah, other? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, and then, even like, just maybe you can also plug in yourself too as well. Um, yeah. Let me look up the social
2: worker now because I know she does have her own company now. So I just want to make sure to plug that for her because she promotes it publicly anyway. So.
1: I'm yeah just like, i'm
2: sure i'm sure she'll be fine hold on let me just find her and i
1: know i'm biased but that's why i always support my other social workers out there yes. doing their thing you know oh, she- not not saying every social worker is perfect but there's a lot of us that really really i feel like we put our whole heart into the work I mean, and it sounds I like think- that's what mm-hmm. she did yeah
0: i mean she all is- the social wor- yeah, oh, sorry, all that? the social work- oh, sorry all the social workers i know definitely like Mitra, my sister's a social worker. Like I mm-hmm. there's a certain personality wanting mm-hmm. to really help. And it's not just like, oh, I want to help and dee dee d and that's it. Like they're really in it to support people. So social workers. Mm-hmm
2: thank you social <laughs> workers need their props. no social <laughs> workers do. need they need their props I mean I even mm-hmm. thought about being one I probably won't be one
3: yes I, I'm oh. gonna
2: be honest I don't feel like going back to school y'all that's uh, higher education that's scar <laughs> it's scarred your girl I don't know if I'm going back I got my bachelor's I was like that's enough bullshit for me I'm done but who knows i may go back one day for it who knows but and you're helping
1: folks right now you know in -hmm,
2: your current job Mm -hmm. yeah thank you yes thank you thank you um so her name is kiara lee she has an msw and you can find her at instagram or on instagram at healing with kiara so that's healing with and then kiara k-i-a-r-a okay she does a collective black healing she does a really, really good series on Instagram Live called Reprioritizing Ourselves, a reprioritizing self series, which is amazing, where she interviews other other social workers and therapists and things of that nature. And they oh, talk wow. about mental health. It's so great. Um, she's a great resource. And um, also too, I think I'm a decent resource. Yeah, I um, like, still <laughs> like you, you can listen to my podcast, The Perfect Blend Podcast, um although it's not mental health focused there are some episodes where I do talk about that um I talk about pieces of my life and if you want to have fun and you're stuck in traffic or you're cleaning your house you can always just play me in the background as I talk crap about (laughs) celebrities and um but no 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 it's it's a good show that that highlights black femmes and black women and women of color in general and Mm. um I just talk about music and stuff and it's a really, really fun show. And it's it's a good mix. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's a it's a perfect blend of of sassiness and, and ratchet, but also yeah. a little bit of educational things in there. <laughs> so um, it's it's a great show. And also check me out on YouTube. My YouTube channel is K Day, that's K-A-E-D-A-Y-Y. My Instagram handle is the same and my Twitter is the same. But yeah, get at me on on Instagram. That that's where you yes. can find me the most. And, um,
0: yeah, if you guys have any final questions or anything, let me know. Well, maybe um,
1: <laughs> just one more thing, your
0: empowerment, like something you give for our listeners, something, I know you've said so many empowering things already, you but have, like yeah. just that like yeah. one thing that you really want to make sure our listeners, yeah. uh, like leave them yeah.
1: with a little something,
0: a quote of yours
1: or something.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> that, that it's, it's this old school quote. I mean, I say old school, but it's a very classic quote. To thine own self be true. Um, mm. You know, try try to just stick with that. I think mm. there are times where I forget to, to be myself too. You know, we get caught up mm. in this in this world where they always tell us to, to emulate someone else or act like someone else just to get by and fit in, you know, act mm-hmm. like someone else to get that fancy degree, act like someone else to, to be respected that's in your field,
3: so
2: you get me, but mm-hmm. be yourself, you know, be you, and just mm-hmm. know that that's all that you could do, and um, not nobody is perfect, you know but we have the perfect blend so far (laughs) yeah
1: shameless plug (laughs) plug.
2: but but yeah but no but no thank you guys for having me I I feel like I hope hopefully I didn't talk too much so I didn't get to ask more questions no this was was really good this was really good thank you so
0: much no thank you thank
2: you for having me and allowing me to share space and and open up about some things. And I know it got a little passionate at some points, but that's okay. You know, it's, it's, I, yeah. I just wanted I wanted people to understand the nuanced experience of of this yes. black trans woman's life. Woman. You get me? Yes. Um, th- this mm-hmm. black woman's life. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's all about nuance as well. So so mm-hmm. when you when you see a therapist, make sure that they that they somewhat understand the nuance of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you're gonna get something out of it, especially yeah. if you're paying these yes. people for yes. to talk to you. So yes.
3: Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well,
2: yes. thank you so thank you much, Gail. Yes. That was so fun. Thank you. I can't wait till this is posted. I'm I'm excited.
0: Yes. yes.